You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Morning. Yeah, I just think it's kind of funny how we supposed to get like up to six inches of snow possibly uh, this morning. I didn't even, I didn't even think it snowed last night. Um, I mean, it's dry as a bone out there. It's, it's hilarious. Um, turn to Exodus chapter 19. We were going to talk about the uh, priesthood of the believer in the first Sunday of this month. So we had a couple Sundays where we had some activities. And so um, this is the last Sunday of this month, and then I hand it off to, I think it's Ben. It's the next one, Ben, Vincent. But uh, I put some slides together um, this morning. It might have been a little confusing last time we talked, so I'll review a few things and then uh, uh, build upon what we talked about last time as far as the priesthood of believer as it means to us today. Um, I'll just start with a little funny story. Um, this week, um, I was on my way down to Honda in Mary's, well, actually in Columbus. Uh, they had a supplier day down there. And uh, one of my colleagues was traveling with me. And usually when I go down there, we stop in Bowling Green at a um, Starbucks. And we get a coffee. Uh, you know, use the restroom, that kind of thing, and then make it into uh, Marysville for whatever meetings we have and stuff. But that's kind of our stopping point. Well, we, we're on our way down to Columbus where this uh, big supplier day is where they honor suppliers and you meet new management and they hand out awards and things. And I go in to use the restroom. Now, in the Starbucks, there's two restrooms. One just faces you and then one to the left. And it doesn't, it, they're unisex, so you can use either one. And there's this little kind of frail Japanese gal there standing, waiting. And I said, are you waiting for the restroom? And she says, yes. I said, oh, okay. I said, did you try both of them? And she says, yes. And she reaches over to the one to the left, and she hits the door handle, and, and the door doesn't open or anything. So I go, okay. So about a minute later, I'm thinking, hmm. So I reach over and I hit that door handle and I push the door open and there's no one in there. And she's like so embarrassed. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And so she goes in. And so I'm standing there and I'm thinking, I wonder if the other one's vacant. So I step forward and I open that door and I push, there's no one in there. <laughs> so um, I go and you use the restroom and I walk out to get a coffee and she's standing there. And I said, uh, by the way, both restrooms were vacant. Uh, I think you need to do a little working out or something. And she's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. You know? So I get down to Honda and I check in um, for the event and go out to uh, get the hotel room. And as I'm walking there, there she is standing talking to some people. And I just reach around her. I go, I know you. And she looks at me like, oh, <laughs> I'm being haunted. <laughs> and then uh, when it was time to check out at the hotel, um, 
uh, I went down to get my car. So one of the porters was going to get the car. I'm standing there waiting with a couple of my colleagues and we're talking and I turned around and there she is standing next to me again. So uh, we started talking and laughing about the whole thing. It was kind of funny. Okay, so hopefully I know how to get through this using this. But uh, in Exodus chapter 19, verse 1, it says, this is what we read before, but in the third month when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God and the Lord and called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and I how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time we have this morning in Sunday school. And Lord, uh, I just pray that uh, you work through me, that uh, my words are your words, and help us to understand uh, this morning our position as priests of a holy nation on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Um, the Lord tells Moses that, hey, look it, I, I need you to explain to the people that they will become a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And so Moses does that. And um, I am sure at this point in time, after they've left Egypt, they don't quite understand what uh, that completely meant to them. So, um, last time we talked about um, how the Lord created um, through the tribe of Levi a hierarchy or a priesthood. Now, we also talked about a little bit about um, how um, today the Catholic Church kind of to, tries to mirror this through the same um, hierarchy of um, priests and, and that type of thing. But we're going to learn this morning, hopefully we get through it, that this was kind of taken out of the way for a much better priesthood that we're part of. We don't need a pope or a bishop or a cardinal or anything like that um, we are a nation of priests as Christians. So I want to go through this a little bit from a historical perspective. But uh, So um, I think last time I went through this kind of quickly and uh, maybe a little confusing, but uh, the Levites were chosen as... Um, the priesthood 
that was developed through the nation of Israel. And they were divided basically into two different uh, classifications. We had the Levites um, who took care of the instruments of the tabernacle. Uh, they ta transported the tabernacle as they moved through the wilderness. Um, they were also responsible for the security of um, the tabernacle and the instruments and everything else. Um, they also ministered to the needs of the high priest and the priest under uh, Aaron. And we'll go through that in a second here. Um, David kind of reestablished this age, served uh, from 20 to 50 years. Um, the reason for that is the physical nature of having to carry these instruments around and carrying the, um, the ark and all the, the tents and things. You know, it was very taxing physically. So that was the reason for this. They were also musicians, singers, doorkeepers, and took care of any repairs. They were also responsible for teaching. They were the scribes. They were also judges and in charge of commerce, uh, exchanging of money, weights and measures, that type of thing. So there was, there was a lot that they had to, to do when they were serving um, under this uh, Levitical priesthood. Now the high priest um, and priests were descendants of Aaron, Aaron, okay? And they were responsible for all the sacrificial offerings. And that would wear me out because they were killing animals all the time and sacrificing to God. And, you know, it was a sinful people, as we all are. And uh, so this, this was uh, quite a task. And the high priest was also a representative of the whole nation before God. And um, they had this uh, annual sacrifice called the Day of Atonement where the high priest went into the Holy of Holies and uh, offered up a, a sacrifice for all the people each year. And uh, there was quite a elaborate cleansing that the high priest had to go through before he approached God in the Holy of Holies. And um, they also interceded for the whole nation of God. So if there's any decisions that need to be made or anything like that, um, it was up to the high priest to go before God and, and figure out what ne needs to be done and, and then um, dispense to the people what God had um, uh, decided what they should do. Oops. Yeah. Excuse me? Oh. Okay, but it's okay right now. Um, so, um, one thing I want to just point out is um, neither the priests nor the Levites spent all their time in the service of the temple, uh, except for maybe the high priest. Most of the year, they had their own homes, farms, businesses to take care of. And then according to a fixed schedule, they took their turns in serving in, in the temple. Um, now, Levi did not have an inheritance in Israel, and they were kind of dispersed through all the tribes uh, because of, you know, this activity here. They were judges, scribes, and teachers. 
and they had to make sure that the people were continuously learning and you know their history and and that type of thing. So this was um, the setup that God established for the Levitical priesthood. Okay, this I found this, and this was kind of an interesting chart, and it kind of explains. Um, and this is a uh, timeline here of events, but how this was broken up in the various priests and, and uh, Aaron's line here. And this, you can't really see this, but this is the tabernacle. And this is how it was, um, every time they stopped, how things, how the tribes were lined up around uh, the tabernacle. Here is Aaron and the high priest and his family. And then Merari and Kohath and Gershom were then distributed around um, the tabernacle. And then the various tribes were lined up behind them. And this is how um, the, it was established when they would stop. Of course, the Lord led them uh, with a pillar of, of uh, smoke through during the day and a pillar of fire at night as they wandered through um, the uh, wilderness. But uh, I thought this was interesting. Now right here, we're gonna talk about this in a minute, is the tribe of Judah, okay? And they always pointed it to the east. So this opening where Aaron and the high priest were, this was always pointed to the east. Why was that? As for Jerusalem was as they were wandering through the desert. And uh, so they, it was always pointing to the east. Now, oops, I've got it. I got, okay, now. Uh, if you didn't know, know this now, but Barnabas, he was of the tribe of Levi and also, you know, the lineage of Aaron. But this right down here, as we go through all of this Levitical priesthood, we now come to when Christ came here on earth. And I got to believe that these guys here, like, Ananias and Caiaphas um, knew that their time was up. <clears throat> and I'm going to go through this in a minute. But here it says, today, every Christian is a priest. Every Christian is a priest. So this, I just thought this chart was interesting. I just wanted to point out a few things. Uh, about this chart. So, let's talk about the priesthood of the believer. Okay? We just went over the Levitical priesthood, and it kind of sets a stage for us as the priesthood of the believer. Okay, so, to get a perspective on the priesthood of the believer, we have to go all the way back 
to Genesis. That's a little too small, but can you read that? <laughs> okay, I'm glad I printed this out. I always, always wonder, because you try to fit a bunch of stuff in and change the font and... Here we go. So in Genesis 14, which is what that's showing, my paper's out of the way here, a guy named Melchizedek comes on the scene. And in Genesis 14, verse 18, it says, and Melchizedek king of Salem brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of the most high God. So this was long before, prior to the establishment of the Levitical priesthood. And if you remember this, um, Abraham um, got wind of the fact that his nephew Lot, who was down in Sodom and Gomorrah, was captured by a confederate of four uh, nations, captured them, took them captive, and we're going to take them back. So Abraham and some farmers and some herdsmen got together um, and went down there and um, fought a, a battle with this confederate nation and, and got Lot, Lot and the rest of the people out and brought back to Sodom and Gomorrah. And if, if you remember the story, the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah wanted to give Abraham uh, a reward for this, uh, for helping get these people back that these, this confederate nation had uh, taken captive. And... Um, but Abraham said, no, I don't want your money. Um, just take your people back. Right after that, this, this guy, Melchizedek, shows up um, and brings some wine and some nourishment to Abraham and his group of herdsmen and farmers. And, um, but what Abraham does is he gives him a tenth of everything that he has. And then the story of Abraham moves on and Melchizedek kind of disappears from, from Scripture. In the Old Testament, he's also mentioned in Psalm 110. In Psalm 110, it says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I might make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power and the beauties of holiness. From the womb of the morning thou, shalt, thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest 
forever after the order of Melchizedek. So this is referring to Jesus, and he's saying Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Well, this is in Psalms, and um, so this kind of, I think from a um, Jewish perspective, how can that be? We had this Levitical priesthood that we're supposed to follow with the sacrificial systems with the high priest and the Levites, but we got this Lord who's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Interesting, right? So now we go to the New Testament and we go to Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 5, starting at verse 4, it says, And no man taketh his honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Aaron, the high priest. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest. So talking about Jesus. He didn't walk around saying, I'm, I'm a high priest. But he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee, as he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he was a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. In being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. What does that mean? And I'm sure um, it brought some confusion to the Jews and the nation of Israel because this is kind of a different priesthood. It's not the Levitical priesthood. And this talks about Jesus, how he, how he died and suffered for us, and he's a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Then it continues in Hebrews 6, verse 20, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by the interpretation... Okay, so... Melchizedek is saying here, by interpretation, is king of righteousness. And after that also, king of Salem, which is being interpreted king of peace. Salem, also another name for Jerusalem. So Melchizedek can also be called the king of righteousness and the king of peace. Then it goes on to say that Melchizedek 
In verse 3 of Hebrews 7, it says, Without father, without mother, without descendant, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto him, unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continuously. So who is Melchizedek? Jesus. This is who Jesus is. So let's go on here for a minute. So in Hebrews, continuing on in Hebrews chapter 7, starting at verse 9, it now kind of goes between the Levitical priesthood and this new, or this alternate priesthood called the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. And as I may, may say so, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes to Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Talking about Abraham, so Melchizedek existed before Levi. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? So there's this debate. Why should there be another priesthood? We've already had this established priesthood, the Levitical priesthood. So it goes on to say, For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. Talking about the, you know, the sacrificial system. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah. So Jesus, they're calling him a priest after the order of Melchizedek, but he's not from Levi. He came from Judah. And it was interesting that Judah's the first tribe after Aaron and the way the, um, they set up out in the desert, of which the tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood. Moses never talked about Melchizedek. And it is yet far more evident that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who is made not after the law of a cardinal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth that aren't, uh, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect. The sacrificial system went on and on and on and on and on. But the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God, inasmuch as not without an oath he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swell, swear and will not repent, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made surety a better testament. 
So this Levitical priesthood was, was a priesthood that was established here on earth for the sacrificial system. But Jesus was established as a priest. And, and God is so amazing in that he established this priesthood way ahead of the Levitical priesthood and told us one day that we will all be priests. Okay? We will all be priests after the order of Melchizedek, after the order of Jesus Christ. Jesus was not part of the, the Levitical priesthood. He was of the tribe of Judah. So the way God has set this up for us as Christians to be called a priesthood, okay, we do not relate to the Levitical priesthood other than those responsibilities that a priest has. And Jesus, being our high priest, okay, being our high priest, and we're to be living sacrifices, right? And our sacrifice is to serve a holy God, okay, who goes before the Father for us, okay, and, and pleads for us on our case. And through the washing of his blood, we now become members of this priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. That's how we now can call ourselves priests. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5, says, Ye also as lively stones are built upon a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. The pattern for our behavior as priests was established through the Levitical, through the Levitical priesthood, but we're not part of that. We're part of a more complete priesthood through Jesus Christ by the order of Melchizedek. But in verse 9 then, jump down to verse 9 from 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have mercy, because we're washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we are a holy priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. Not this sacrificial priesthood, this Levitical priesthood, okay, that the Bible that call, is called carnal, but we're a holy priesthood. And let's finish with Revelation. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests, unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, it says, and they sung a new song, saying, Thou art 
worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us by God, by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made unto us our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, it says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and it shall reign with him a thousand years. Now, I got to ask you a question because I had to ask myself the same question as I was going through this, this study. Being a member of the priesthood, whether it was the Levitical one or this priesthood that we are now part of, requires us to be holy. Requires us to live like Christ. To put things in our life that are examples of what a priest is and should be before a holy God. That's what we're members of. And that's the way we need to act. And I'll tell you what, I had to do a little soul searching. Because, you know, I came out of the Catholic Church and the priest was the most respected person in the church. Are we respected as a holy priesthood after the order of Melchizedek? It's a question we have to ask each and every one of ourselves and, and meditate on that and understand and possibly make some changes so that we can be respected. Because without that respect, how can people understand who Jesus Christ is? Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.